Thanks, Zach. Appreciate your partnership, brother. Uh, ministry. Rest of the staff here as well. Kevin Schlecht. Uh, hit and play on the iPhone. Awesome. Uh, just a few more things before I, I go to uh, God's Word uh, in our time. Um, twist this around here. Uh, we... Uh, uh, we're going to take our morning offering, and I'm going to pass this around to everyone who's here. Uh, no, uh, most of you know what this is. This is our offering bag. Uh, I I joke, but um, we uh, we just want to encourage you as you uh, participate. If this is your church, uh, you can give online. Uh, you can go to our website, and we have a giving online uh, set up there. You can also uh, send a check through your bank unless you go to Bank of the Mattress or something like that. Um, most of your banks will uh, be able to send a check to us straight, straight from your account. Um, or you can mail it in, um, or you can even bring it in later. Um, we're, we're not concerned about that one way or the other. Just as you participate, we want to uh, continue to be your church and uh, get uh, give you that opportunity to give. We realize that uh, these are difficult times. They These probably will be difficult times, and yet we want to still... Uh, just stay focused on what the Lord's doing and being able to minister to his people here. Uh, we're super thankful for what God provides and is providing. Uh, we uh, we rejoice in that. Uh, before we go any further, I, I'd like to have a prayer time, a time where we pray uh, both for our church, our country, uh, and for uh, what's going on in our world right now. I realize that uh, for some of us, this kind of freaks us out and causes us to um, be tempted with becoming anxious or worried. And so uh, I just want to um, remind us all that we have a God who we can uh, call out to and cry out to. And that's what we're going to do right now. Uh, please join me in prayer as as we pray, as we bring some needs uh, and concerns that we would have on our hearts before our God who loves us so much. God, we do want to call out and cry out to you now. Um, God, we realize that your ways are higher. You have a plan that you're working out. You're still on your throne. We realize that you're strong and powerful. We realize that you're holy and good and that you're merciful, that you um, loved us so much. We know that because of your son, Jesus. And so, Um, we come on the basis of that relationship, what Jesus did on our behalf. And as part of his church, uh, we know we can come and should come and bring our cares and concerns before you. God, I do ask that you would calm our fears. They are many. Uh, They are uh, constantly right there. Um, They are stirred up by news and others. Um, They are stirred up by our own hearts, our weakness in our own hearts. And so, God, I ask that you would calm our fears and cause us to walk in faith, trusting in you, trusting that you are enough for us as a a young child would do with their trusting, the the father they trust in, where we just hold your hand and continue. God, we want to pray also for those in authority, uh, President Trump, Governor Newsom, and others that have powerful positions, at least in this world, uh, to make decisions. I pray that if they trust in you, that they would run to you now, and that they would um, 
not do their own thoughts, not do their own wisdom, but that they would uh, follow you uh, in making decisions. God, if they don't trust in you, I, I also ask that you would guide them and direct them even so, that you would uh, work out your plan in them uh, even if uh, they would be wanting to do something on their own. God, we pray for those workers, especially those who are at risk right now, um, those who aren't working, uh, that they would not fear the future. Um, those who are working, that you would uh, continue to protect them. Uh, we thank you for their courage to go to work and to uh, serve uh, when they probably would rather not. Pray especially for those nurses and doctors, medical workers, uh, the firemen, the policemen, uh, those who might have to have contact with people that are sick. Uh, may they have courage and strength and wisdom uh, to know what to do and what not to do. Uh, God, we thank you. God, we thank you for the gospel hope in the midst of this time that uh, we are not those without hope, whether it um, be life-threatening or even just inconvenience. We are not uh, without hope because of what Jesus did. I was so thankful. Uh, God, in this time, too, we ask that uh, people would turn to Christ. Um, I'd say it this way, God, that you would cause some to return to your son, Jesus. Um, many, I, th- I think of a lot of the youth groupers back in the day, and they grew up in the church, and yet um, life and uh, temptations have drawn them away. Their own failures have caused them to feel guilty again, and Uh, May they return to the Savior. And for those who have never trusted in Jesus, maybe never uh, given their heart uh, in uh, repentance to Jesus, that that would happen now, that you would draw them to yourself, that they would not see it as their own failure, but their own victory because of what Christ has done. God, I do ask for the protection of your people. Uh, We do ask for... um, protection for our health we realize that's not the most important thing and yet we do know that you can protect us if that would be your will god and even in a greater sense i ask that you would um, protect us from the enemy and him using this time uh, to ruin marriages to ruin families to cause us to sin in various ways whether it be through the internet or just in our interaction with one another Uh, perversion of any kind, God, that you would do your work in us and protect us from the enemy. And God, uh, I'm grateful your son said that that he would build the church, (laughs) that your church would be built, that that this would prevail um, and nothing would stop it. And it's not, uh, a virus will not stop the growth of your church and that you would bring others to yourself now and that your church would be strengthened during this time, even through our time together. God, we thank you for hearing our prayers. Yes, that you would remind us to pray uh, in the night and in the day uh, with our children, uh, that we would uh, bring all these fears and concerns to you. God, we thank you for listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, so this morning... Um, as we meet together, first of all, I'm, I'm super blessed uh, to, to be online. I, I hate that I'm even saying the word Facebook. I feel like I should be getting royalties from them because of how much I've said Facebook this last week. And um, 
I've never encouraged anyone to uh, jump on Facebook except for this week, I think. And uh, But I'm super encouraged to see God's people, His churches. Even this morning as we began our service, <laughs> I was checking uh, to see if Zach looked weird online. Um, and I, I saw that Gospel Community Church in Santa Cruz. I know there's many others uh, that have already gone online are presently or going on in the next hours. And so I'm just super thankful for the opportunity. And I I, I was kind of joking, but I kind of wasn't, too, that you should check out other churches uh, today, uh, ones that you, um, it would be super encouraging for you, I think, as you would be able to participate with them. In John chapter 3, I mentioned this the last couple nights, uh, that Nicodemus, (laughs) it says that he came, uh, to Jesus at night, and I hope some of you are doing that right now. I hope that uh, even in the the rest of the day or uh, next few days, that there will be some some of you who are are curious um, and maybe a little embarrassed, maybe that you're afraid that the roof would fall in on you if you came to church here. But uh, online, you can check these things out, and I'd love to participate in that conversation. I won't tell anybody. Uh, if you if you want to talk to me in this next week, I'd love to hear from you. But Nicodemus, it's interesting. He came at night and he had these questions, and maybe even some big like philosophical questions. And uh, Jesus, he, he wanted to talk about these things, and Jesus wanted to talk about him being born again. That's what he wanted to talk about. In fact. Uh, some of you have already made the connection. John 3.16 uh, is part of that conversation uh, that Jesus goes into based on Nicodemus's need. And my need, too. Uh, God loved the world so much that he sent, sent to sinners uh, his own son, um, his special son, uh, that they might have life in him and eternal life. And so um, Love to talk to you more about that. I hope that some of you are doing that right now, that God's doing a work in your life. Um, maybe uh, it, today's your day. Uh, let me just uh, pray briefly and then we'll get into the text. God, help us to learn now. Help us to be encouraged through your scriptures. Uh, God, thank you for uh, speaking to us in your word. Thank you for this time. Thank you for each one that's tuning in, uh, both now and in the future. Um, God, do your work in us now. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> um, so uh, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you have a Bible, open it up. Uh, if it's a device, you can use that. Or you can run to the back room and grab your Bible. But 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul the jailbird, I'd like to say it that way, um, is in his second imprisonment. And uh, the first imprisonment was kind of house arrest. And uh, it's kind of amazing that he, uh, he, he was under house arrest. And the first imprisonment, he had kind of freedom for people to come and go. The second one, they believe, is uh, under the reign of Nero, who was a, a terrible persecutor of the church. And... Um, as he, uh, as he persecuted the church, he had imprisoned Paul, most likely, again. And this was no longer, uh, he thinks he's getting out. It's, he's in a cell. He's locked away. People have abandoned him. And also, uh, he doesn't have the hope that he's going to get out. 
Uh, he uh, assumes that his death is soon. He's older now. He assumes that his death will be soon and that he will no longer see his people. Um, that uh, that being said, so that's the kind of the backdrop of Second Timothy. And, and Paul is writing to Timothy, a younger pastor, <coughs> a younger pastor who's experiencing tough times. And what happens during tough times is it either strengthens your faith, you trust in him more, or it causes you to want to quit, question and quit. And so um, that's kind of the backdrop of what we're going to be looking at this morning. Um, I'd like to read to you uh, from 2 Timothy. And I want to start in verse uh, <coughs> verse 8. And God's word says this, Therefore, uh, do not be ashamed... Of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in the sufferings for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us uh, to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know that whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day uh, what has been entrusted to me. I'll stop there. Um, so we have uh, the Apostle Paul sharing with uh, another young preacher, Timothy, <coughs> that he's not to be ashamed. And I'll just, um, I'll just kind of walk you through this passage, and then we'll make some comments at the end, and it'll highlight some things that I think are super important for our day. The, the first thing I would tell you is there's a shame of the gospel. There, there's a shame. There's something embarrassing about the gospel. Not everyone believes it. In fact, for Paul, it was the message that got him in prison all the time. I, I say he's a jailbird. He wasn't uh, a bad person. He was walking with the Lord. And in walking with the Lord, it put him in the crosshairs of, uh, in many towns, in many places, many leaders who rejected his message. Um, if you follow the gospel... It does not mean that your life will be absent uh, from suffering. And even today, there's not a sense uh, where only, uh, only unbelievers will experience difficulty and health issues. That's uh, not what the Scripture teaches. So there's shame uh, for the gospel. And he says, don't be ashamed of the Lord, basically. Don't, uh, the testimony of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of the Lord and what he's done. Jesus Christ, don't be ashamed of him. Because he died and rose again. Um, some people will mock you simply because of Jesus. And, and Paul says, don't be ashamed of that message of Jesus, uh, of him. And don't be ashamed of me uh, either. There's shame for the messenger as well. Um, you know, don't you know Paul? Don't you know that guy that got thrown into prison? Don't you, isn't he the one that uh, promotes that ridiculous message? that your sins can be forgiven, that you can have eternal life. 
that that guy who died is worth following uh, and believing in the resurrection. Um, right now, right now, some of you uh, are being uh, targeted by family and friends who would say this, where is your Jesus now? Where is your Jesus now? Uh, I think I heard today there <coughs> are 300,000 reported deaths in our world today. Um, and they would say, where is Jesus now? You, you preach this message of salvation and life, and where is Jesus now? If he's really in control of everything, where is he now? Um, and so you'll have to pay the price for that. You'll have to pay the price for continuing to believe in Jesus and in the message that continues to be spread and uh, preachers that would preach that. Um, there's a shame to the gospel. And then uh, moving down to verse 9, you, you see that we are saved by that gospel. The person of Jesus, what he did, uh, what he um, accomplished on the cross, that is the message whereby anyone who's saved is saved by. That, that, that's the message. Uh, verse 9 says this, who saved us and called us to a holy calling. Um, we are saved by the gospel. Um, boy, we, you should rejoice when you see that word, uh, the one who saved us. Uh, apart from which, we're lost. We're lost. And we're lost in this world, but we're also lost in death. Um, paying for that. He he says, <laughs> he really describes some of the riches that we have because of Jesus. He He says that he saved us. And he called us, meaning uh, that this is part of a plan, that he called us to something, away from sin and to something, to a holy calling. Uh, He called us away from the sins that were killing us and causing us to die and called us to a new life uh, of holy living. And he he makes sure that we understand that it's not because of our works. For those of you sinners out there, which of which... It's all of us. It's not not one or the other. It's not, um, you know, I'm Facebook Live. The guy who's talking to you, sinner. The ones who are listening are sinners as well. Um, we're stuck in sin apart from Jesus. We, we can't get out of it. We're guilty. We are uh, guilty in and of ourselves, but also the sins of others are on us as well. That people sin against us and we're stuck there. We're stuck in our history. We're stuck in our time. We're stuck in our community and sin, our country, all these things, sin, sin, sin. And then there's our personal sin. We're stuck. Um, And so it's not because of us being good. If you want to do enough good deeds to get to heaven, I want to tell you um, there's not enough time and uh, you won't accomplish it and you'll come up uh, short, uh, far short, not even close. And so um, he underlines this again in verse 9, not because of works, but there was a reason why uh, we were extended salvation and that God saved those who he has saved and those who would trust in him even now, it says, but because of his own purpose and grace. Purpose being the plan of God, that God's doing a work to draw people to himself. And I want to tell you that... (laughs) Some, sometimes we think that we're, the world's just by chance. 
you know, we believe in, uh, if this would have happened differently, then this would have happened, then this would have happened. And uh, we think that somehow that things just fall into place by chance. And I want to tell you that's not true. Even the fact that you're listening here today or uh, tomorrow, uh, even that, that fact that you're listening is part of God's plan. And maybe he's using this uh, so that you could hear his word, that you could be drawn to himself. That that's part of his plan in your life. So it talks about his purpose, but also his grace. That um, God wanted to display his grace on sinful men and women. That that we who are guilty, we who are guilty and did not merit, we didn't earn, we didn't deserve his goodness. God wanted to give it to us in, in his son, Jesus. It's so, so amazing. Uh, that's why, um, you know, we say, we love the song Amazing Grace. Why? Because it is amazing. It's amazing that God would love sinners. And that's what me and you are. And it's his grace that he wanted to display on sinful men. Um, and that's what he's done if you have trusted in Christ. It tells us a few interesting things <coughs> that I won't get into uh, much here this morning, but it, it says he, 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 not because of our goodness, but his purpose and his grace. And when this happened, before the ages began, way before, way before, this was not something that he goes, oh no, what am I going to do? It was part of his plan. Um, the plan was in place, but uh, it became apparent when Jesus showed up. When Jesus was born, he lived his life, his sinless life. He did his miracles, and then he went to the cross and he rose again. That was the appearance of this salvation uh, that God wanted to display His grace. And then um, I just want to skip the last part of verse ten and come back to that um, as we end this morning. Okay, so verse ten, the end of verse ten. There, uh, I'll just skip that and I'll come back to that later. Um, <laughs> we end up in verse 11. See the eternal worth of the gospel. And when I, I use that word eternal um, just to kind of put a picture before you that it's worth it, okay? It's not just worth it. So um, when we pay money for something, we always ask this question. We do the math. We say, is it worth it? Uh, if I offered you, um, if I said, I'll give you a thing of toilet paper, uh, is it worth $100 to you? Is it worth $100? I know that might be a little too personal. Sorry. Uh, but is it worth $100 to you? Some of you would say yes. Some of you would say, I'll figure out other things. Um, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Um, and and how, for how long? Uh, we buy cars all the time. And it's actually, we drive cars. We, we put a lot of miles on them. We use them and then we throw them away. Um, and we, we constantly are going through cars. We want them there for a while, and it's worth it, but for how long? <laughs> um, the question of the gospel is this. Is it worth it? And is it worth it for how long? Um, and I want to just tell you, as we look to verse 11, we see that it's eternally worth it. Um, Paul says this, For which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. He's saying, I, would, I, I suffer proclaiming this message because it's worth it. And even so much that he's not ashamed, even though others are trying to shame him, 
I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I've believed in. I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day uh, what has been entrusted to me. And really pointing to the end, knowing that even in the end, even in the end, it will be worth it. It will be eternally worth it. Uh, why are you here? Why are, uh, especially those of you who weren't at church last week, you weren't at church the week before, you didn't think of things of God. Why are you here? Why are you here? Um, I know it's gone through your mind, uh, and it's gone through my mind too. Um, and this idea of maybe being fearful. And a, a lot of us are fearful of a lot of things. We're <coughs> fearful of missing out. Uh, we're fearful of uh, going hungry. Uh, most of us don't even let that come close. Um, we're fearful of not having money. We're fearful of our health. We're fearful of just all kinds of things that uh, go bump in the night. Uh, we are scared of all kinds of things. But if we'd be honest, I think the, the greatest fear is the fear of death. The fear of death. Scared. We're scared to die. Um, I shared with you online that this message is all about good either way. Good either way. Whether we live or whether we die. And fearing death, uh, some of you have mentioned to me even this last week that uh, you don't necessarily fear death. You fear the process. And I want to tell you God's going to be kind and merciful to you and with you during the process. Even if it's painful. Uh, God will be with you. Um, but because, wh- why would we be scared of death? <coughs> Some would say, well, I don't know what comes next. If you don't know what comes next, do you know the one who holds what comes next? Are, are, so, so this is the picture here. It's not that you would be right in and of yourself. It's that you're trusting in the one that knows what's on the other side. You're trusting that you have a relationship with the one uh, who will take care of you as you leave this life. Scared because you're not right with your creator. Scared. Scared of death. Most people push it off, say, oh, I'm not going to die. 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 I'm young. You know, that's for, uh, you just push it off. You say, it's not going to matter to me. It's, I, I think I got it. And most of the time, when we're scared to die, we're also scared to live because we're fearful that somehow one step that we take, something that we do, um, the guilt and shame will come back to us. And so uh, scared to die, but also scared to live. In verse 10, I skipped it. I skipped it. If you have your Bibles, uh, get there. And I really want you to catch the end of verse 10. I love it. I love it. I think it'll be great uh, encouragement for you today, um, wherever you're at. And it says, uh, talks about, uh, we already looked at, uh, which now is being manifested through the appearing of our Jesus, uh, of our Savior, Jesus Christ Jesus. And then it says this, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Look at those words. Look at those words. Think about those words. First of all, abolished death (laughs) he abolished it what christ did on the cross what he did in the resurrection is he abolished death 
that word abolished. And, and really, he brings two things, the abolished death and the, the next thing, the, the idea of life and immortality. He puts uh, these side by side, these two things. Uh, one is destructive. One is constructive. He's destroying something, and he's building in its place something better, something great. And the thing he destroys is death. Death came through Genesis. If you uh, look back to the book of Genesis, you'll see there's uh, this beautiful world. Everything's great. Uh, God (laughs) in his uh, creative beauty beauty of creation. Everything's uh, wonderful in the garden. Everything's perfect. Uh, There's man and uh, Adam and Eve. And everything's just great. Everything's perfect and untouched by sin. And then sin enters, death enters. And forever, I want to say forever up to us, up to the point of Christ's return, everything's touched by sin. Everything. Everything's in decay. Everything's falling apart. Everything uh, is not as it should be because of sin being in the world. And really, it's not just sin that's in the world. It's the death that comes with it, ultimately becoming the victor. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, you'll see that. Um, it's really a passage about uh, the resurrection. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I, I love it because it, it speaks of sin having the sting and death and the victory. But it also says uh, because of what Jesus did in his death and his resurrection, Christ gives us the victory gives us he he conquers sin and death and so in this passage it says he abolished death um the the picture here is in first corinthians the removal of the stinger uh it's the idea that he renders death uh to have no effect no effect it's no longer important it's no longer important Uh, you could even say it this way death is powerless because of what jesus did Think about that. Powerless. Um, most of us, it's our greatest fear in life is death. But because of what Christ has done and because of what he has done applied to my life, he takes the greatest thing and he, he makes it powerless. He abolished death. That's what he destroyed. And the second part uh, that he shares with us that he brought life and immortality. Uh, the, the scripture says brought to light. It's as if uh, we're fumbling around in darkness and we cannot find, we cannot see what's there. And it's as if because of what Jesus has done, he's taken this incredible spotlight and shown us the gift that's there waiting for us. And what is it? It's life. It's life. He replaces the death that we had in our sin with life. Uh, John 10, it says that, <coughs> that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. This is the picture that he shares with us here. He, he shines the light on that because of what Jesus has done. But not just the life, immortality. Uh, do, do you get that? It's life lived to the fullness, but immortality, the idea that the life that you have is imperishable. It's incorruptible. It it can't be stopped. can't be stopped. Not taken away. 
I want to tell you what Christ offers you today uh, can't be taken away by any virus. Can't be taken away by cancer. Can't be taken away by a person or a government. It can't be taken away by, by anything, not even your death. It's imperishable. Uh, he replaces that which is death to you with immortality. I want to uh, just be honest with you. If the coronavirus doesn't get you, something else will. Uh, you will not um, escape uh, if the Lord would not return in, in your lifetime. You, you, your life will end. Something will get you. Uh, and I want to tell you, we have no hope apart from Jesus Christ. What he did on the cross and what he did as he rose from the dead, that's our only hope. If you believe there's life in anything else, uh, you'll be left wanting here on this earth and you'll be left in death. It's just more death to the punishment of of eternity. Um, That's the bad news. Uh, The good news is that Jesus offers you salvation. Uh, And that's what we rejoice in this day here at Bear Valley Church. Let me pray for you. And as I shared before, I want to follow up with any of you uh, this week or even this day uh, if you want to talk about Jesus and what he means to your life. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of being here. Uh, Thank you for even this live stream, Facebook, YouTube, all all that's going on. Uh, May you be glorified, lifted up. God, help us. Uh, to trust in you, uh, to remember our riches uh, because of what you've said, because of what Jesus has done. Uh, God, help us to rest in that this week. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, this morning, uh, some of you already know this, you <coughs> got our email uh, from the church. And um, this uh, coronavirus is is real to us, um, not just because we're at risk. We, you know, there, undoubtedly there will be people and maybe even people are already sick in our midst here in Tehachapi. Um, but we had some pretty uh, heavy news this last week. Um, I believe it was uh, Thursday night, Friday morning. I got a call from our associate pastor, R.J. Presswich, uh, R.J., his family are getting ready to move out uh, to serve our military people up in Seattle. They were in Arizona. They were kind of traveling, raising funds. And RJ gave me a call this last week, um, Friday morning, and said that his dad passed away. Um, his dad, Randy. Uh, his parents, Randy and Tammy, they were longtime members of Bear Valley Church. Um, Sweet servants, they served in many ways. Uh, in fact, Tammy was a part of the search team when I became a, a youth pastor here. She was a part of that. And, um, they raised their family, their two boys, RJ and Cameron, here. And uh, they had retired and, uh, and moved away. They were down in Long Beach. And this last week, Randy uh, became sick with pneumonia-like symptoms. And then he passed away on early Friday morning, I believe. Um is not a confirmed case of coronavirus. Uh, it won't be confirmed, uh, but uh, most likely that's what it was. Um, and uh, it really doesn't matter what he died from. This isn't uh, news just for news sake. 
Uh, Randy was a dear uh, person, uh, a believer in Jesus Christ, and now he has gone. He has gone home. He has gone home, and so we rejoice in that. Uh, Tammy, uh, his wife, is left alone, and so we need to pray for her. Uh, Cameron and RJ and their families are grieving. Uh, RJ's uh, part of our uh, congregation here, and so we want to pray for them. Uh, we realize that this is grieving, but not grieving without hope. Uh, not because um, we, we are confident because of Randy's faith in Jesus Christ that he is uh, in heaven. He is with the Father, rejoicing. Um, he is no longer struggling with the struggles of this earth. We uh, grieve with those who are left behind, with Tammy and the rest of the family. And So I'd like to pray for the Presswich family right now. Um, and I'd encourage you to do the same as you go through this week. And uh, if you know RJ well or Tammy, uh, to reach out with them. Uh, they may not get back to you because there's a lot going on. God, um, we have great confidence, not because of who we are and what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. And so as we, uh, our hearts are heavy, as we think of uh, Randy's passing, uh, it came as a shock to us, but not to you. Um, God, we ask that the comfort that only you can give uh, would be extended uh, in abundance to Tammy and the rest of the family, to RJ and Sabrina and Cameron. God, we ask that you would um, calm their hearts, help them to think clearly about um, his homegoing, and also uh, what this means for them, that they would not despair, that they would not <coughs> become, uh, that they would realize their riches that are still true and still have because of what Christ did on their behalf. Um, God, we leave and give you the Presswich family and ask that you would be uh, minister to them, heal them even this week, that you would continue to be all that they need. Help us to be the church that you want us to be even this week. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Uh, we're grateful uh, for you to be the church. Ask that you'd continue to do that. Uh, be a blessing to those around you, both your neighbors as well as family and friends, church members. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Zach and I were blessed. Kevin, thank you for your work. And uh, we'll hope to see you not tonight, uh, but tomorrow night as we uh, still con uh, consider how the Lord will get us through these things. 10 o'clock tomorrow for you kids, uh, for you parents to tune in as well. Thank you so much.